0: Morning. The following program is solely intended for a mature audience. Any of the idiotic opinions and views expressed on this show are solely opinions of Dark Cringe Radio and not of its advertisers, which is completely pointless because this poorly produced dumbass podcast has no advertisers. Furthermore, any rebroadcast or redistribution of Dark Fringe Radio podcasts without the permission is strictly prohibited. If you do, we will find you. Then we will send three black eyed children to your home or office to collect your soul. Thank you. Enjoy the show.
1: Coming to you live from the Mistopheles Studios, in Dark Fringe Radio. And welcome, welcome, welcome one and welcome all to Dark Fringe Radio, your number one spot for the conspiratorial, paranormal, everything weird, macabre, and strange. And of course, I can't do this without my co-host every week, Jay Glossy. Jay, what's going on, brother? How you doing? I
0: am fantastic, my friend. How are you
1: doing? I am doing great, man. Listen... We've got a great podcast tonight, man. We had an interview with this guy, man, who wrote this book. We're gonna get into it here in a second, but yeah, man, really good podcast tonight. And uh, we hope that you all enjoy it. But of course, before we dig in to the podcast, we do a little housekeeping, of course. You know we gotta do that every uh of course. You know, every week we gotta do that, right? Yeah, gotta keep it close, please. Exactly. So want to remind everybody how you can follow us of course on social media you can follow us on facebook twitter and instagram just look up dark fringe radio and if you want to listen to the podcast you can go straight to our website which is darkfringeradio.wordpress.com and uh, you can choose uh, any one of the links there that'll take you to uh what are your you know of course favorite places that you can listen to all your podcasts and music you know we're talking about the google play itunes of the world spotify stitcher uh all that good stuff so you guys can uh, just go straight there and uh, choose what uh, tickles your fancy and uh, check it out there. So uh, that's how you can listen to podcasts. And, of course, uh, Jay, I um, want to remind everybody how they can uh, contact us here uh, directly at Dark Fringe Radio. If you want to send us any kind of correspondence, if you guys are interested about a subject matter you want to talk about here on the on the podcast, you have some information, you can send that directly to us at thedarkfringe at gmail.com. Of course, again, that's the dark Fringe at gmail.com. So uh, that's it for the intro, Jay. Um, that's uh, pretty much it. Um, I want to remind everybody, of course, uh, the little side projects we're still doing. Uh, Imagine Play with Coach JJ. little update. Anything on there?
0: Yeah, I, I'm still a few weeks behind. Um, more episodes will be coming on the pipeline. That's just a matter of getting them in and up and on the road. But we're going to get back on track this week. Everything will get uh, back to normal. We'll have more episodes where again, where the big one we have coming is a baseball field and a crane operator.
1: Nice, nice. It's awesome. Yeah, and of course, uh, you know, of course, the holidays are coming right around the corner. So, I maybe you'll have something, uh, you know, that's uh, revolved around that too. So, uh, just yeah, remind everybody. Possibly, possibly.
0: Yeah. Well, gotta be why well, I gotta be giving
1: away my secret hey I'm not trying to I'm just trying to help out that's all I'm trying to do brother <laughs> but yeah listen that's uh that's a great thing and of course that's Imagine play with coach Jay you can check that out on YouTube so again that's magic play with coach Jay really wholesome good fu- um, fun for the kids stuff that you don't have to worry about them you know listening to and like oh I wonder what's going on no you don't have to worry about that Jay's got you so uh yeah Imagine play with coach Jay check that out Uh, for the kids so uh, that's it for the intro Jay Uh, that uh, brings us of course to the mailbag You ready for the mailbag my my friend please check your mailbox I am ready for the mailbag all right man so um, I just got one this week uh, because I was kind of slacking on the mailbag for this week uh, as far as uh, looking uh, through all the emails and stuff like that Um, but um, I did have one here that was pretty interesting, and I wanted to uh, bring it up. And, of course, let's see. Here we go. So this one's from a Christian Foster from Syracuse, New York, Jay. And the subject is Billy Jack Haynes. So, uh, interesting. Um, hey, guys. Christian from Syracuse. I was uh, listening to another podcast called Keeping It 100, and they were talking about an old wrestler by the name of Billy Jack Haynes. And uh, he claims that during his time while he wrestled in the WWF in the mid uh, to late eighties, he was also one of the biggest traffickers of cocaine during that time. Um, the, that wasn't the biggest twist. Uh, he claims that he was also present at the time in Memphis, Tennessee, where two teens were found dead on some train tracks. But in reality, they actually stumbled upon a drug deal, and they actually had to be killed. So they put their bodies on the tracks to seem like an accident. Nevertheless. I thought it would be a great story for you guys to look into and maybe do a show on it. So, yeah, um, pretty interesting stuff here, Jay. There's a lot of working parts here.
0: That's kind of our alley, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a very, very interesting story. So um, I looked into this a little bit here, Jay. Um, so when I saw this come through, I was like, okay, right. I wanted to see what this guy was talking about. So. He was talking about this wrestler uh, named Billy Jack Haynes. He was actually pretty popular in the mid South area, uh, you know, Tennessee during you know that area. So, nevertheless... yeah, he, yeah, yeah. I lived out that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he got a break in the WWE, like in the mid '80s, late you know late '80s. He actually got a break in the WWE, and he actually had a of you know a run. And um, I can't, I think he may be wrestling under that same name, but. Nevertheless, during that time, he actually did work with Barry Seal, and Barry Seal, if you, if you guys don't know, uh, was the, um, the, the the character that um, Tom Cruise played in American Hustle, that movie that came out maybe about a year or two ago, uh, and it was basically about a guy who was working for the CIA, but it was also trafficking cocaine, he was a pilot, uh, and he was doing this out of Louisiana, so long story short, uh, this Billy Jack Haynes guy says that he was actually uh, helping traffic, he was actually one of the biggest traffickers of cocaine during that time, uh, while he was actually wrestling for the WWE during that time at the same time. So it's really a crazy contrast of stories, and then um, he did say that um, he did um, you know, witness the killing of these two teens, because what had happened was that they actually did stumble upon a drug deal, and um, so they actually had to be killed, and what they did is they threw their bodies on the tracks to make it look like an accident, yeah, and it was just, it was really brutal, Uh, and then, you know, it it was a lot of blackmailing, and a lot of uh, corrupt people that were involved in this too, Um, they had like a medical examiner supposedly said that these teens had, uh, you know, some intoxication levels of 20 marijuana cigarettes, as they called it back then, in the uh, late 80s, uh, early 90s, but uh, long story short uh, you know they figured out that that wasn't the truth and that there were stab wounds to these kids bodies uh that didn't correlate yeah. to getting you know a hit by a train obviously so yeah it was uh, you know just a, a crazy story and then obviously this wrestler <laughs> happens to be involved in it so it's a pretty pretty in, you know interesting story um i think uh you know it's a pretty a good uh topic for us to maybe uh, do a podcast on what do you think jack
0: thought no, that sounds super interesting. I am down to do an episode on it. I will do some research.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty interesting stuff. So, listen, uh, thanks for sending that in. I really do appreciate that uh, regarding Billy Jack Haynes. And, listen, that's it for the mailbag, Jay. So, uh, of course, that brings us to um, our one of our newest segments here, of course. It's called What the F Florida Man. And uh, for those that don't know and are stumbling upon our podcast here for the first time, Uh, This is a segment where we talk about Florida and uh, some of the crazy individuals that come out of this uh, crazy state that me and Jay live in. And, of course, uh, before we get started here, Jay, we got to do the intro. You ready for the intro? I'm
0: always ready for this intro. I love this intro. (laughs) Here we go. Florida man.
1: A Florida man.
2: A Florida man. A Florida man.
0: A Florida man. Now to the town of Sefner, Florida near Tampa where last night the earth opened up as it does increasingly and this time it swallowed a 37 year old man as he slept in his home. A man accused of destroying a liquor store in Okaloosa County told police he was in Alice in Wonderland. Matthew Horace Jones also said a caterpillar smoking a hookah told him to do it. A man calls
2: 911
0: while Collier County Sheriff's deputies are chasing him and he says Donald Trump, our president, is his personal friend, a close one at that. A Lake Worth man is uh, not too happy. He's accused of getting violent when waiters at a restaurant told him they weren't giving away free
2: pizza. Covering Florida this morning, a Key West man is behind bars. Investigators say he was caught with a large amount of cocaine hidden in this Cookie Monster doll. All the shit.
1: All right, so what the F Florida man, Jay? What do you have for this week for what the F Florida man?
0: A... Fort Pierce woman tells authorities that it must have been the wind that blew the cocaine into her purse.
1: So the wind just blew cocaine into her purse.
0: Reported by Kanesha Posey. <laughs> uh, she was one of the passengers in the car that was stopped by the Fort Pierce police uh, late, last March. The police said that uh, the car smelled of marijuana, oh, and no. after that, they realized that they had had cocaine and marijuana and seven bags
1: that were found inside the lap of this Miss posing. Let, 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 yeah. yeah. let, let me ask you a question, Jake. <clears throat> so, yeah. Let me pause real quick, if you don't mind. Let me ask you a question, Jake. So, let's say you're riding dirty, right? You know you got cocaine on you, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Let's just sure. say, let's just say, in, in a hypothetical, maybe, parallel universe, okay, let's just say. So you're riding Multiverse, dirty. So <laughs> Parallel Universe, you're riding dirty with some cocaine on you. Would you be would you be puffing, problem, puffing marijuana like in your car and reeking of marijuana just to pose even more or even attract more attention to you? Wouldn't that make sense not to do something like that? Here's the problem, Will. Okay. You are adding logic where logic
0: mm-hmm. does not go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you shut out that <laughs> yeah listen i don't know like, man that's common what...
0: sense is not common it's the weirdest thing for something to be named Yeah, because right. it's not at all what it is
1: so the wind so blew cocaine it, that... into this woman's car basically you're saying
0: well that's what she was saying she was saying that oh the bag the baggage must have blown it off the wind and landed in my purse <laughs> the weirdest fucking thing this is the night of marijuana,
1: but the cocaine. woohoo mm-hmm. That came from Jesus. That came from the sky. That came from heaven. It was That was uh, heaven cocaine. Came in through the wind. It's it, angel dust. <laughs> angel dust. Yeah, that's what it was. That's some crazy shit. So she said that, and of course, they weren't buying that story, right, Jay? Nope. Nope. They have
0: to go to jail and go to court.
1: Yeah. Well, there you go. So, uh, of course, what the F woman, Florida woman, let's you say. Saying that, of course, the wind blew cocaine into her car. So only here in Florida, Jay, where uh, that could be possible. Only in Florida, where that could be possible. Only in Florida, where
0: cocaine just floats on the breeze.
1: It does get, it does get kind of, uh, you know, gusty here, man. Every once in a while,
0: that definitely clears your sinuses.
1: <laughs> but I've never had a bag of cocaine just fly into like anything in my car. Uh, that's a very interesting story. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I
0: can't say I've ever been driving down the road with my window down and all of a sudden just, oh, shit, look, there's a bag of cocaine in my lap. <laughs> what?
1: Oh, boy. Yeah. All right, Jay. Well, listen, thanks. I for, can't believe that happened again. Again. Yeah, yeah, like it happened so many times before. Uh, well, listen, thanks for uh, bringing that one for this week for What the F. Florida woman'll we'll say this week so uh, thanks for that Jay and uh, that brings us to the uh, topic for this week and our interview with uh Mr Douglas Sirignano. and he is the author of American conspiracies and cover-ups and basically Jay this book chronicles you know all the basic you know conspiracy theories that are uh, revolve around America we talk they talk about the Gulf of Tonkin uh, they talk about JFK of course they talk about 911. Uh, But they also talk about some really cool, interesting ones as well, like the Federal Reserve and how that was all brought to, you know, brought up and and created. And um, also they get into, um, you know, how, you know, FDR, how he may have had a hand into killing JFK, you know, so it really gets into some really, uh, you know, other, you know, conspiracy theories. But it's a great book for somebody who's a beginner. Uh, you know who's really interested in, in getting into conspiracy theories and these are some really good ones because for first they're all true I mean these are true events that happen that are actually written in history the, and of course you know all this stuff has been you know uncovered through the Freedom of Information Act so over 50 years uh, something that's classified has to be unclassified so all this stuff is, starts coming out over time Jay and um, you know it's all this stuff is being proven to be correct um, you know, the CIA infiltrated the media, uh, you know, all these things. That's another one that they talk about in the book. So it's it's really, really interesting, uh, a really interesting look into all the conspiracy theories that uh, revolve around America and, and basically, you know, describes how our country was created. So it's a really interesting uh, book. And we're going to talk to, of course, Douglas Sirignano tonight uh, regarding his book, American Conspiracies and Cover-Ups. So make sure you guys uh, stay tuned. Check it out and enjoy.
0: Hello, everyone. This is Ethan Clay from Ghost Founders, and you're listening to Dark Fringe Radio.
1: Good evening, Dark Fringe Radio listeners. Tonight... We have a very special guest. He is the author of a book entitled American Conspiracies and Cover-Ups. It's a fascinating look into some of America's most well-known and some not so well-known conspiracies throughout history that were proved to be true. Uh, Some of these theories uh, mentioned in the book, for instance, are the control of mainstream media by big businesses and political parties, uh, the U.S. government participating in the assassination and death of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and, of course, the false narrative of 9-11. So please welcome our guest here at Dark Fringe Radio, author of American Conspiracies and Cover-Ups, Mr. Douglas Sirigdano. Douglas, how are you, and thank you for coming on Dark Fringe Radio. Oh, very good. Thank you for having me. Good to be here. Yes, no, absolutely. Thank you again for coming on our podcast and show. Listen, I really want to get into this book, and uh, I want to thank your publicist, uh, of course, in graciously sending me a copy of the book, and I read it from front to back. It was absolutely Wonderful. Let me tell you that it's also a great introduction for people who are starting to become more interested in the conspiratorial side of the history, or as a skeptic of the conspiratorial. So, yeah, I I wanted to kind of jump into this head first. One of the things that you mentioned in the introduction of the book was the phrase "conspiracy theorist" and uh, how it has such a negative connotation to it. And I wanted to ask you why did you think it does, and why you think it shouldn't be?
2: Well, you know, I think it does because actually there was a uh uh, a book written of the cons- uh, conspiracy theory in America by app, an author named the Haben Smith, it came out and it was about at, right after the Kennedy assassination, the CIA had a specific program to connect all the, to connect to all their media outlets and to let them know that anybody who doesn't believe in the Warren commission, anybody who doesn't believe in the government uh, version of things should be labeled crazy, irrational, wacko, you know, yeah. and that actually uh, has, 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 uh, lasted to this day, according to Haven Smith. So, but you know, it's foolish to think that uh, there aren't conspiracies. I mean, the militaries and intelligence agencies is their very nature to act in covert, secretive ways. So it'd be it'd be stupid not to think that there is conspiracies. You know?
1: Yes, you are absolutely right. You know, I, I concur with that that thought. Um, and I am curious. You know what what led you down this path, Douglas, of researching and writing about you know conspiracy theories? You know, what got you into this in the first place?
2: Well, you know, I grew up in the '70s. I think the counterculture was in, and it was the thing to do to uh, question the establishment. So uh, I think I, you know, I came out of that. And then in 1979, I started uh, receiving this newsletter called the um, Oh My God, the Spotlight. Yeah. yeah, it was actually the publication I think of the John Birch Society, and they, you know, they got a lot of things right. They talked about how, you know, the Trilateral Commission and Council on Foreign Relations are running the government. How, you know, the Federal Reserve and other central banks are privately owned. It's a it's a bad banking system. How uh, international bankers want to control the big brother government. This came from the spotlight. So I knew about all of this even before the Internet. You know, with the Internet, I think so much of this information has come out. Yeah, you're right. So, uh, I, yeah, I got into it back then, and then with the Internet, I think I got into it a little more.
1: Well, that's wonderful. No, seriously, that is. I mean... And, you know, listen, in the intro of your book, uh, you also mentioned the five instances where it's proven that the U.S. government was involved or engaged in some type of conspiracy uh, that was contrary. That was told to us in the public, and um, one of those instances, uh, which to me is one of my favorite, just to let you know uh, and tell you the truth, that when especially when someone asks me about how could I believe in conspiracy theories, and I say, how could you not believe in conspiracy theories? And the point that I always uh, a contention that I always you know default to and defer to is the uh, Gulf of Tonkin resolution. And, um, you know, uh, that's one that I always bring up. Yeah. And could you align my listeners a little bit on that particular theory? Oh, yeah, that happened in
2: 9th, August 1964. And this uh, ship, a U.S. ship, was near the North Vietnam and it claimed that it was uh, attacked by the North Vietnamese. But then within hours, it was telling the White House, no, we made a mistake. We didn't really get attacked. But anyway, Johnson went on TV that night and he said we were attacked. And so then two days later, the Congress gave him permission to, uh, to um, attack, start the Vietnam War, you know. And since then, it's been admitted by the NSA and naval intelligence that it was all a bunch of lies, and Johnson knew it. So even uh, like, uh, two days after Gulf of Tonkin, Johnson himself said, damn, those stupid sailors were just shooting that flying fish.
1: That's crazy because I you know I saw that quote as well and I found it unbelievable that he actually even said that. Uh, in the same instance you have this false flag that was presented to the American people as an actual legitimate reason to go to war with Vietnam which was Historically proven to be one of the biggest wars in terms of lives lost and how unsuccessful and effective it was. Yeah. Uh, this is not the first time the government has done this. And they've done it uh, as recently in the Bush and Obama, uh, Obama administrations, uh, which is synonymous with wars in the Middle East, Afghanistan, of course, 9-11, which is another you know major point of contention. That was spun to the American public as a reason to go to war with Iraq and of course also weapons of mass destruction, which were both proved not to you know exist on both fronts. It was it was a moot point. Uh, which leads me to another section of your book and smartened me and my listeners up on, if you could, Operation Northwoods, because a lot of my listeners that were born uh, you know, post nineteen eighty won't really know about this. So can you tell me a little bit about that? That happened in nineteen sixty two. The
2: uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff, the highest-ranking generals, they wanted to go go attack Cuba and uh, get rid of Castro. So they presented a, a plan to Robert McNamara, se- Secretary of Defense, and JFK, that they were going to fake attacks against America. They were actually going to uh, uh, blow up ships and blame it on Cuba. They were going to hijack planes and, and blame it on Cuba. So that would give them an excuse to, um, to go uh, attack Cuba. But it was it was JFK said no we're not going to do this. But if he had said yes, then then the Joint Chiefs of Staff they were going to do this. It would have been a whole fake operation uh, to get us to attack Cuba. anybody can go read about that online. It's, look up um, operations Northwood. You can actually read the actual paper that that they, was presented to Kennedy.
1: Yeah, and I, I find it absolutely fascinating. I mean, it's just amazing that even something like that was even proposed. And I mean, they, yeah, even, really. they they even gave like the recommendation of, yeah, you should probably do it by ship or by airplane. <laughs> that they actually recommended yeah, yeah. that, you know what I mean? Like they even gave their own yeah, sense, yeah. sense into it. So to me, it's just like it's it's you know, a, right there is a red, the, the most red flag of red flags, uh, you know, that you could ever propose. Yeah. You know, uh, another one of those five. Makes you wonder what years else years. They do. Yeah. yeah no, of course Makes they do. you wonder what else they're doing. Like. Exactly. What else are they doing like? exactly, exactly. You know, another one of those uh, five in- instances that you mentioned in the introduction of your book, and I didn't want to give them all away, um, but I would like to discuss one more, which is the Manhattan Project. Oh, yeah. And uh, I find this particular subject very intriguing and fascinating because most people don't understand the scale of how many people and the network of people that were working on this project to the degree of entire cities were made up of workers and none of them knew what they were working on because it was so compartmentalized.
2: That was a Manhattan Project you know, from 1942 to 1946. Um, uh, uh, Franklin Roosevelt started a program to build nuclear bombs and about 130,000 workers were working on building the bombs but they didn't know they were building nuclear bombs. It was kept a total secret. The, the, the press didn't report on it The Congress didn't know about it. Not even Harry Truman knew about it. And uh, it just, you know, maybe it was the right thing to do because they were trying to build a bomb so Germany didn't hear about it. But it shows you what kind of secret can be kept uh, in the government. 130,000 people are working on something, and they have no idea what they're working on. It just finally became known when Truman announced that we dropped the bomb on Japan. But Truman, he announced that in August 1945. He didn't even know about it until April 1945. Nobody even told him.
1: Wow, so he was even kept in the dark that long? Yes, yes. See, I didn't even know that. See, these are the little details and the intricacies that most people don't even know about or are aware of. See, most people like me uh, know the outline of most of these uh, conspiracy theories, and especially the Manhattan Project, but I don't know about these little details. And of course, as they say, the devil is in the details, right? Yes, yes. So let's talk about some of these other remarkable stories in your book, Douglas. Uh, One of the things that I mentioned in my introduction of you was the false narrative of 9-11. And you know what, Douglas, I think at this point, um, everybody knows that the story that was sold to us uh, uh, for that uh, that particular occasion uh, was not the true story of what happened on that day. Um, however, this takes it a step further, a much further and nefarious uh, way that you could you know, even imagine. You interviewed uh, Professor David Ray Griffin, who was the founder of the Centers of uh processes and studies he supports the idea of the false narrative and talks about this all the time and can you tell me uh and my listeners uh what was one of the most important things or things that stuck out to you most when you interviewed him oh he he's like the foremost
2: expert on that on the idea 9-11 is an inside job you know
1: right and uh, i don't
2: think he's going to do any more interviews because he's like 83 years old and he broke his hip so he told me he's not gonna do any more interviews so maybe this is the last one i think i did a you know, we did a thorough interview. I talked to him twice on the phone. And uh, there's so much information that 9-11 just doesn't add up. But I don't know if, if, you know, a lot of people who listen to your show and listen to Alex Jones, they know 9-11 uh, was an inside job. But right. you comment, you know, your average person on the street, I still don't think that they realize it, you know?
1: No, I think it's kind of like an ignorance is kind of bliss kind of uh, attitude that most people have. Uh, and uh, they don't yeah. want, they don't want to look into it in a kind of a way because it scares them. You know what I mean? So... And I think that yeah. happens to a lot of people, but, you know, you're absolutely right. This is one of the most foremost, you know, conspiracy theories of our time and our generation. You know, right now is 9-11. Of, of course, back in the 70s and the 60s was, was JFK and, of course, Vietnam and this Gulf of Tonkin uh, resolution. But, you know, it's, it's, yeah. crazy, it's crazy to think that even now, to this day, that, you know, the government is giving a narrative to the American people for their own initiatives, and it still continues to this day. I mean, we saw it the other day. I don't know if you saw this or not, but there was, a, I think it was either uh, ABC or CBS news reporter was talking off camera and they didn't know that her microphone was live and she was talking about Jeffrey oh, Epstein the... and and oh, how, yeah. Yeah, how they were trying to suppress that and not talk about it. And, you know, right there, they <laughs> were caught red-handed, you know, talking about it. And the poor lady, she lost her job, you know, uh, because of it. Oh, so yeah. even to this day, yeah. we still see this. Well, that's for
2: sure. I mean, obviously, I mean, I think basically uh, the, the media is controlled i think it might be controlled through the council on foreign relations that's a very powerful think tank and so many important people uh, belong to that think tank and it's one of the think tanks that want to have a big brother world government and if you look at the media so many people in the media um work for the council on foreign relations a leader so i think the conspiracy and, and the cover-up might be coming from there also i think the cia has a lot of influence and connections to the media so you know it's not only nine eleven, so many things that are covered up. You know, it's
1: uh, I'm I'm used to it by now. I'm not like amazed. I, I, I I've, I've known about
2: this for a while. I think. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, and you talked to you interviewed um, Mr. Jim Mars, of course, who is you know one of the foremost experts in a lot of these things. You know, and he supports that theory. You know, he 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 talks about the League of Nations. He talks about the Council of Foreign Relations, which most people don't even know about. You tell them about the CFR, and they don't know what the hell you're yeah. talking about. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, that's true. yeah.
1: Yeah, and yeah. people don't realize how much power they these people have, you know. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's a deep state that Donald Trump is talking about. That deep state is Bilderberg and Council on Foreign Relations, I
1: think. Yeah, and the Bilderberg thing is actually quite interesting to me because there's a there's kind of a connection with Prince Bernard, right, and him being like connected to the Rothschilds yeah. and all that. Yes. Yes. Okay, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, how does that all come about?
2: Oh, well, Prince Bernard,
1: he was also a Nazi,
2: you know, and uh, if you look at um if you look at a lot of powerful people after 1945, they were connected to the Nazis or supported the Nazis. So, you know, right. this is the kind of world we live in, powerful people supporting such a group as the Nazis. The Bilderberg group is a is a secretive group that meets uh once a year and the most powerful influential men in the world go to this meeting and it's held in total secrecy that the media doesn't report on it. You know, it's uh it's a uh, what explanation could could there be for that other than some there's some censorship uh controlling the media? I think the Bilderberg might be the deep state that Trump is uh, trying to tell us about
1: yeah it could be i mean it really honestly could be i mean it 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 seems to me there is a lot of working parts behind the scenes that we don't know about uh and that we're privy to obviously because you know we're telling we're being told one thing and and another thing is being shown after the fact and you talked to jim mars about this big brother world government new world order theory you know and uh do you think that it's eventually going to lead to just look what has been said like you said in your book that i think uh you said, Robert Mueller said this, I think. He said one world, one religion, one government, something like that. I oh, mean, yeah. Do yeah. you think it's going to end up to that? Well, that's,
2: you know, yes, I remember that. Yes. Well, that's the ultimate conspiracy, That, and I think it's been going on for centuries, maybe. Powerful men, they join these secret clubs, and they think they're going to control the world government, and that that's what we're up against. That's what Trump's up against. And uh, the proof of it, you know, a lot of people think, you know, you're crazy. You think there's a conspiracy to have a world big brother government. But the proof is in the uh, United Nations plan the United Nations has this plan that eventually we're all going to have to move in to United Nations cities. It's called the Agenda 21 plan. And uh, we're all going to be controlled by the United Nations police and so that global warming doesn't kill us all. Uh, we're not going to be able to use air conditioners or cars or anything that m- might lead to more global warming. And in that way, the elites of the world are going to try to get us into Big Brother. That, I mean, that's not even a conspiracy theory. Anybody can go read about Agenda 21. Right. It definitely exists. Yeah, and I think global warming might be an exaggeration just to get us to accept Agenda 21.
1: Yeah, 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 you might be right. Do you know anything about the Georgia Guidestones? Does that have the connection to Agenda 21?
2: Those were, now, that is a, a bunch of uh, uh, rocks, and on it says we have to decrease the world's population to 500,000, right? Correct. Where is that in the state of Georgia I, in, in the United States? I'm not, is that where? I believe or, it
1: is. Oh. in like Georgia Mountain State Park or something like that. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. 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 I wonder if that had a connection well, to Agenda 21.
2: Well, it probably is because you know some. I think that you know there was a group called the Illuminati They got together in 1789. Very powerful men, and they wanted to um, control the world government. And that has been passed down to uh, future generations of very powerful men, and exists today. And one of the things these guys want to do, I think, it's international bankers. Uh, that, that have small groups and control the world, they want to decrease the world's population. That's a belief a lot of people have. Jim Morris wrote a book about that. And this uh, Guidestone, Georgia Guidestone on there, it says we have to decrease the world's population to 500,000. So it's probably coming from, from the New World Order groups, these powerful men who want to have a world government, who want to get us all into Agenda 21, yes probably definitely
1: connected you know yeah i mean because part of the illuminati um motif or i guess a motto or is to be able to say or tell people that these things are going to be happening so they actually happen it's part of their like belief in how they believe that they can manifest these things from happening so uh you know yeah i mean maybe by putting those georgia (laughs) guidestones it's a way for them to do that i mean that's another conspiracy theory right there but yeah it it just continues it continues i mean another thing that i um was uh you know reading your book was the The cancer establishment and ignoring, of course, the suppressing of, you know, effective natural supplements and things of that nature. Um, This is a big thing for me. Uh, You know, I I see I live in Florida. Uh, I'm not sure what state you're in, but I see a lot of holistic doctors. You're in New York. okay? so you probably hear the stories not because you're not far from me. You know, just south of you. We're in Florida. We see these holistic doctors dying and we're talking about by very uh suspicious means and these are people oh, that yeah. are helping you know individuals with cancer by using natural supplements and using vitamins and things of that nature uh versus going the you know the regular uh you know normal route of doing oh yeah uh, yeah chemo yeah. and radiation which is ends up killing you i think that's what ends up killing yeah. you more than the yeah. cancer so talk to yeah. me a little bit about that
2: oh yeah um Oh, you know. Oh, you're saying that a lot of the holistic doctors are dying. Huh? Yeah, another guy I talked to did a podcast on Sam Tripoli's show. Yeah, he told me the same thing. That's he very told strange. me the same thing. Yeah, no, I little wasn't little. aware of that, but yeah, I think I heard a little about. Yeah, that. in Florida. So I bet that in Florida there were uh, 20
1: doctors in within a six month period that died.
2: Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I know this doctor up on Long Island. He was a uh, holistic dentist trying to change dentistry, and he died suspiciously. Oh, there you so go. you know. The powerful men who, 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 who want to have a new world order, they meet in secretive groups. They probably have so much influence. One thing they want to control is the medical establishment. That's another thing they want to control. And if they have to, they don't want people to get... I mean, this sounds crazy, but it could be true. They don't want people to get healthy because they want to have a smaller population to control us. I don't think it's above them to, uh, to kill off holistic doctors. Plus, they're making so much money selling chemotherapy, you know? I mean, oh, oh yeah. man...
1: Well, yeah, yeah. that's
2: that's another part
1: of it, I think. Yeah, and all the, you know, cure for cancer, you know, charity and all this stuff that's given to all that. You know, we talk about, you know, all these cancer foundations that, you know, maybe only 5% of the donations go to actual, you know, research. And yeah. it's just crazy, you know. Um, and that it's actually, a money thing. It is. It's a money grab. And it, it, it brings yeah. me to another chapter in your book where you talk about a researcher, uh, Dr. Allen. Um, I think his name is uh, Cantwell. And he yeah. talks about the uh, AIDS epidemic. And how it came from contaminated yeah. vaccines administered, uh, yeah. basically administered, you know, administered by the government. Tell me a little bit more yeah. about that. Oh yeah, I guess I don't know if a lot of people
2: have heard about that, but some people feel that there was a vaccine given out in 1979 uh, solely to gay men in America. Right after that, AIDS broke out, and then there was a vaccine given out to 100,000, 100 million Africans in 1979 by the WHO, uh, World Health Organization, and uh, AIDS broke out there. Wow. So according to Camp, and well, a couple other guys, they feel this is where um, um, age came from. And it could be that, um, you know, again, you know, I it may sound like a crazy conspiracy theory, but the super powerful men who rule the world, they want a, a less population. They want to get us down to 500,000, according to the Georgia uh, Stones. And uh, maybe they were trying to kill them off. Maybe there were some homophobic and racist guys who think it's okay to uh, kill black people yeah. and gay people, you yeah. know, but it seems that there's a lot of evidence that it came from that vaccine. And that goes into, you know, whether vaccines are dangerous or not, that's pretty much in the news. I think some vaccines are good for you but i think definitely some vaccines are uh, dangerous and we should uh we should always look into what what's in the vaccine that that we're
1: taking you know yeah it's absolutely true i mean uh today i actually posted a meme where i said it's that time of season again for that flu vaccine for everybody that poison <laughs> you know yeah yeah, yeah. and i you oh. know what i'm 40 years old i've never taken a flu uh you know shot in my entire life i've never had any oh, yeah. you, know, you know knock on wood bad any you know yeah, any yeah. health issues but you know what, I've never had the need for it. Uh, you know, I I was never sold on it. Never. And I, I just couldn't yeah, see how I, I could inject my body with that kind of poison.
2: Really? It's like uh you know, I think a little baby gets something like fourteen
1: vaccines before yes. they're six months old. That's correct. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Do you have kids? Did you give your kids a vaccine? You know what? I actually separated all of them. Um what I did oh, yeah. my first one and uh it was a pain in the ass to do it because the doctor wouldn't do it. I actually had to find a doctor. Uh, that would actually oh, yeah. do it, and what he uh, allowed me to do was actually separate the actual vaccines yeah. and actually space them out so that way I wasn't overloading the poor kid with all this stuff that his body's never had, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so yeah I, what, yeah, I knew from the beginning, from the beginning, not to do that. So I did the same thing with my daughter, she's four years old. No, knock on wood, don't yeah. know she's with her either. And so we've been a hell, you know. I think, I think, yeah, I think every parent
2: should do what you did, I really do, yeah, I, I do think- too. Some vaccines are good for you, but you got to be careful, especially that one that is supposed to wipe out
1: measles, mumps, and rubella at yeah. the same time. The MMR shot, correct? <laughs> measles, mumps, and rubella, correct? Yeah.
2: That seems so many
1: parents who said that that hurt their child. You know, yeah, yeah. That's... I think
2: it's being covered up because the pharmaceutical companies they provide so much advertisement to the media. So the pharmaceutical companies control the politicians and the media and they're covering it
1: up I think yeah and that's another chapter you talk about in your book how it's you know it's you know big farm and it's you know government you know controlled advertising on your normal everyday you know TV shows that you're watching yeah. it's all controlled you know the things that you're seeing the drug companies I mean if, if you watch TV normal TV which I don't but every once in a while I'll want to watch like will of Fortune or something or jeopardy <laughs> so I'll crack out I'll crack on the TV but in the between the commercials are drug commercials uh or it's oh, yeah. a, you know it's a political thing you know what I mean so it, yeah. you're absolutely right I mean it, it's completely controlled by you know po- politics and yes. of course big and pharma Some of those
2: drug commercials are, are a joke I mean that's a, if you take this drug you you may uh, commit suicide, you might get a headache for three months, you may shoot your neighbor. You, you know, it's, it's, yeah. They're just admitting they're doing it in our
1: face. It's oh, ridiculous. Yeah. All not to have diarrhea. Forget it. I'd rather have diarrhea than have, <laughs> than have all yeah, this. Yeah, and become suicidal. Right, exactly. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. Well, listen, lastly, one last thing I wanted to bring up here, Doug, uh, before I let you go, was another one of the, my favorite theories, which is where you talk about – Lyndon B. Johnson actually um, lawyers actually claimed that he participated in the assassination of President Kennedy. You know, everybody talks about the JFK conspiracy. They figure, you know, hey, was it you know Harvey Lee Oswald? Was it him and the you know in the, in the reformatory and all that stuff, the repository? All oh, that. Yeah. You know, everybody thinks you know was there the guy in the bush and all that stuff, but nobody really <laughs> talks about the government. You know, the behind the scenes. It's the government had a lot to do with what happened, and you know, yeah, it, it's crazy to me that. The the crazy part of this whole story was the backstory behind all this—the mafia, the murder, and the cotton allotments. I mean, I wouldn't even think that cotton allotments had anything to do with this, but it actually oh. did. I mean, tell me a little bit about that. Oh well, yeah. Well, I
2: interviewed um,
1: Barr McClellan, who was one of Lyndon
2: Johnson's lawyers, and he claims Lyndon Johnson was the mastermind of the Kennedy assassination. I I don't. Uh, I think Johnson had something to do with it. He was involved. He knew what was happening. But I think it was more the military-industrial complex than the CIA, you know. Uh, but that's, you know, I think it's it's interesting to at least see that Johnson was, wasn't was such a good guy and he probably had something to do with it. But I don't believe, like, what Barr McCullin says, that he was the absolute mastermind, although some people believe that, you know. But yeah. it's still, it's still yeah. worth reading, I think. It's pretty interesting. The Kennedy assassination is, like, endlessly intriguing, you know. <laughs>
1: Yeah and it just it, it had to do with like okay you take care of this for me and I take care of this for you and oh we can't let this guy come out and let him testify because if he does People know yeah. that the, you know that the president was taken in on some some cotton money. You know what I mean? It's it, it's just oh, yeah. cr- it's crazy to me that 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 actually happened, or it, you know the you know the theory that you know that could have actually happened, but it actually makes sense. It's the one that yeah. makes perfect perfect sense where you don't have to come up with a lot of conspiracy theories behind it. It makes perfect sense, you know? Yeah,
2: because you know Johnson came from an area in Texas that was pretty tough. You know, they do things differently down in Texas. You know. You have a disagreement, political disagreement, you know, down in Texas, you you shoot the guy, you know. It's a pretty (laughs) tough place, and so he was a part of that. He was a a part of some shady dealings, and you're right. He was probably going to go to prison if Kennedy stayed president. He was probably going to get investigated and uh, have to go to prison, but after Kennedy died, uh, Johnson, of course, didn't have to go to prison because he controlled, you know, the investigations. He was president, so that had something to do with it,
1: you know. Well, listen, uh, Douglas, you know, this has been an absolute treat for me and the listeners here. Um, can you tell everybody where they can find your book and more of your stuff? Oh, yeah.
2: My um, my website is the exact name of my book, uh, AmericanConspiraciesandCoverups.com. Got to put a slash between cover and ups. And, uh, you know, then it leads to Amazon. I'm on Amazon there. If you Google my name, I've been on a number of podcasts. You can see the podcast and whatnot. So uh, thanks a lot. It's been good talking
1: to you. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's been an absolute pleasure, Douglas. And um, listen, if you have anything else that's coming up in the horizon, please let me know. I really want to support this and have you back on because you've been a great, great guest and you have a lot of knowledge. And I want to bring you back on again for some other conspiracy theories uh, that I'm going to be coming up in the future. I'm actually going to be doing one, um, a a podcast on Jeffrey Epstein. So we're really going to get into it. I live live here in Palm Thank you. Yeah, I live here in Palm Beach County, so like I was in basically the backyard of all this where it's happening. Where you know they they oh. you know, they, they took him oh, into man. custody and they basically gave him a slap on the wrist and gave him police you know yes. escorts basically all around town. It was crazy, but i really want to get into it. I want to bring you on for that. That'd be great. But uh, yeah, listen. Thank you, yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Doug. And uh, uh, we will have you on in the future. And uh, thanks.
2: Thank you very
1: much. It's been great talking to you. Thanks a lot. All right, Doug. Let's listen. Have a great night. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. Take care. All right, guys, and I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Douglas Serignano, of course, author of American Conspiracies and Cover Ups. Uh, you could check him out at uh, that same um, uh, name. It's just uh, www.American Conspiracies and Cover and then a dash and then ups.com. And uh, go right there. You can uh, check out his books or his book and uh, order it. I'm telling you guys, it's a great read. I loved it. I, I read it from front to back. And um, I thought it's an easy read. You can do it in probably, you know, a few days, uh, three or four days. And, you know, it's just something you can just uh, get through pretty quickly. But it's a good read. It'll keep you interested. So, uh, Jay, that brings us, of course, for What to Watch this week. Jay, and uh, what do you have for this week for What to Watch?
0: So this week, my What to Watch is a bit of a classic again. Uh, I've been kind of in an old school mood lately. And I went back and I rewatched. Accepted.
1: Accepted. Yeah, that's a good one. Which
0: is a it's a great one. It's Jonah Hill back when he was big. <laughs> uh, you have the story about a kid who is capable but didn't fit in the box, the normal lockstep that society would have him go into. Uh, you know, and he finds a way to come up with something so new and so unique and so revolutionary that it has to end up working. Yeah. It has to. So Re-
1: it, it's, Remind me, Jay. Is this the one where they it, came up with their own college, basically? Yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, right. what happened is the, the, the same thing is Justin Long. Right. His character is really smart, um, but very lazy. And just, just kind of out to have a good time, and his grades kind of reflect that so he ends up not getting into a college. Not even like a state college, like he has nothing for that dude. So, but his dad doesn't know that, so he fakes the college, creates the acceptance letter, shows it to his dad, so this way he doesn't have to go work like in construction or whatever. And that eventually snowballs into them finding a the facility, renting it, setting up dorms, but as they set up the website for it, they actually hit. A lot to click where you could enroll.
1: Yeah, no. Listen, it's so a, it's it's a funny movie. It's, it's I, a
0: fantastic, I, I... it's a fantastic movie, and it has one of my all-time favorite movie speeches. A great monologue in almost satirical manner on kind of this uh, like society. And just as Lewis is is building the cre- crescendo of it, just as it's getting to the peak, he has to pull himself back for this guy's parents. <laughs>
1: And I'm sure this is the one you're talking about with Louis Black, correct?
0: This is the one, yeah.
1: All right, let me pull it up real quick here, Jay. Ready?
2: Yeah, hit it. You know, a lot of people say that college is the time when young men and women expand the way that they look at their world. When they open their minds to new ideas and experiences. And when they begin that long journey from the innocence of youth to the responsibilities of adulthood. Now, isn't that a load of horse shit?
0: <laughs>
1: Could you explain that to us a little more? Uh, Dean Lewis, why don't you tell them a little bit about the philosophy here
2: at South Harmon? Look, we throw a lot of fancy words in front of these kids in order to attract them to going to school in the belief that they're going to have a better life. And we all know that all we're doing is breeding a whole new generation of buyers and sellers. Buyers and sellers. Pimps and whores. Pimps and whores. And indoctrinating them into a lifelong hell of debt and indecision. I... um, I I just don't understand. Do I have to spoon-feed it to you? Look, there's only one reason that kids want to go to school. Holy shit.
1: Fucked
0: up, which is
2: to get a good job. There you go, to get a good job. I couldn't agree more. I mean, more. you can't
0: deny that that's classic. That's just classic. <laughs> Lewis Flack. It is funny the way it kind of frames the whole, uh, you know, work of pimps and whores and buyers and yeah, sellers. It's true. Uh, Oh, it's absolutely true, and that's what makes it funny, though—the way he just kind of lays it all out there, in this somewhat humorous way—it's uh, it's fantastic. It brings and up, then, a, of course, you get to
1: It brings up an interest, with a bang, it, it brings up an interesting topic, Jay, and when we talk about college, you know, uh, you know. A lot of people, they go to college, they get these student loans, and they end up going to college for whatever it is they go to college for. And they, most of them don't even end up getting a job in whatever it is that they studied for and then spent okay. all that money in. Again, do you think it's a trap, like a money trap? You know, I think it's a money grab. I, to me, it's like, oh, it's a yeah, business absolutely. to me.
0: It, it's it, unfortunately, for the most part, we are plums. Yeah, we are crops. for government, for uh, all the things that just funnel the money back to those in charge. You know, most of us are, are destined to a life of kind of a series of cycles. Very true. No real freedoms
1: in it. No, no. Let's go back to the clip
3: so refreshing to have somebody approach education so rationally fucking
1: a <laughs> love it love it love it yeah man that's just uh yeah i haven't seen that movie in a while man and it's it's definitely a, a great a great movie that uh it'll keep you laughing of course uh, a lot of uh, cameos and of course you can't go wrong with lewis black
0: no can never go
1: wrong with lewis black absolutely it's perfect absolutely so all right. Well, listen, Jay. Thanks so much for that uh, this week for what to watch. Um, again, uh, I want to remind everybody how you can follow us on social media. Just follow us on darkfringe.radio.wordpress.com. You can go there. Uh, follow us through uh, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, uh, what Instagram as well. Yeah, uh, just Dark Fringe Radio, man. We're all yeah. over the place. Uh, just everywhere, everywhere. We're constantly posting stuff. Uh, you know, we're always going somewhere, doing something, uh, doing live stuff. Uh, last night, I was at the. Uh, shakarama last night jay for the uh night yeah night. how was that <laughs> it was pretty interesting dude you know what it was uh it was a packed house um they actually had to open up a second screen and by the way for those that don't know what the hell we're talking about um there's a movie theater here uh, locally that um what they do is once a month they show and feature an old school horror film um, usually from the 70s or 80s or 90s. And so uh, this month, it was Nightmare on Elm Street because it was the 35th anniversary. So the original Nightmare on Elm Street shown on the big screen. They actually had to open up a second screen, Jay, because uh, they sold out the first really? one. Yeah, yeah. So they sold out the first one. Damn. Yeah, and um, it was good. It, man, it the, the, the vibe was good. The people in there were awesome. It was funny because people were talking, and you know, it was just like <laughs> it was like to the point where people were talking over the film, but it wasn't to the point where it was annoying. It was actually very funny, right? You know I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a really good time. You know, it was uh, they actually made you uh, they point out a lot of things in the movie um, that you haven't seen, like that you don't really re- recognize when you watch it, but then when you watch it with a bunch of people, you do. So it was really interesting yeah. to uh, yeah get that feedback. But it was it was really... good.
0: I honestly I honestly had wanted to go originally. Yeah, I know. I really was. Uh some some things kind of got in the way of that and I couldn't make it happen.
1: No, no, I understand, man. But yeah, I listen. Really want go. It is a good film, man, and it still holds up to this day and it's shown in the big the big screen like that, man, I'm telling you what. It it uh, it still gets you, man. It's 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 it's, it's a pretty harrowing film, man. You know what I mean? All the rest of them, of course, they start to get kind of funny and goofy and and stuff like that. But this that original one, man, that still holds up to this day.
0: I was telling my son, because we were talking about it, uh, and I was telling him that one was by far the scariest.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, and I
0: think it was because it was they didn't have as large budget. Uh, they had some very large ideas to what they wanted to do. And then you have a character unlike all of the others, yeah. it, where he's almost, because he, he's self-aware. Mm-hmm. You know, Jason and Mike Myers, they're killing machines. Leatherface, really just a killing machine. They just kill right. just to kill. Right. But with Krueger, he has a consciousness to it. So it, it really is like a whole different animal. Yeah. So that first one I was explaining to him is, is by far the scariest because you have this thing that nobody had ever seen before. Uh, and it was killing people in a way that was never explained before, or or even thought of. Right. So I said the first one was super scary, and the third one wasn't bad. The third one was. Third one was, was good. I liked the scary. third
1: one. Yeah, the third one was good.
0: I didn't think the second one was scary at all. Yeah. Yeah. Me either. I thought that one was cheesy as fuck.
1: Yeah, I agree. And then
0: it was everything be- after that was it was all. It was Batire, all... It was all... Laughs. It was yeah. all comedy.
1: Yeah. You know, it was funny during it's the... blaster comedy. Yeah, it was funny during the movie. It was like, of course, Johnny Depp's character's in there, and that's the first movie he was ever on. And uh, it's like right before his death scene, you know, he's sitting, he's laying on the, on the bed, right? And everybody's like, bye, Glenn, bye, Glenn. <laughs> As he's like getting ready that's to funny. get killed, they're like, bye, Glenn. And it's just like everybody was just laughing, man. So it was a good vibe. It was a good time, man. So, yeah, it, it was a good time. So, yeah, we, we do stuff like that um, on a monthly basis, and we're always uh, checking in, doing live stuff. So make sure you check us out on the social media and, of course, how to listen to the podcast again at uh, darkfringeradio.wordpress.com. Again, that's it for this week, Jay. Anything else for the outro for you?
0: No, that's it. Uh, everybody just keep safe, uh, keep an open mind, and as especially as we head into the holiday season, be well to one another
1: yeah absolutely very important very important well listen uh that's it for this week for dark fringe radio hope you guys enjoyed the interview with douglas sirignano again i am will martinez with jay galosi aloha and goodbye from the sunshine state see you later saying
3: the President of the United States. Good evening, my fellow Americans. We now stand ten years past the midpoint of a century that has witnessed four major wars among great nations. Until the latest of our world conflicts, the United States had no armaments industry. American makers of plowshares could, with time, and as required, make swords as well. But we can no longer risk emergency improvisation of national defense. We have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions. Added to this, three and a half million men and women are directly engaged in the defense establishment. Now this conjunction of an immense military establishment and a large arms industry is new in the American experience. The total influence, economic, political, even spiritual, is felt in every city, every state house, every office of the federal government. We recognize the imperative need for this development, yet we must not fail to comprehend its grave implications. Our toil, resources, and livelihood are all involved. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals, so that security and liberty may prosper together.